That's really generous. That is being generous. <laughs> that is being extremely generous. Here for but, all uh, the stuff. All the stuff. And welcome to Every Man's Guide to Nerddom, where we are two 30 to 40-something-year-olds to talk about pretty much whatever we want. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And if you guys would like to hang out with us, uh, join in on the conversation, see what we've got going on. There's a link to the Discord in the show notes down below. There it is. Uh, Discord's free if you don't know. Um, great little little application to get everybody together we've got all kinds of channels all kinds of discussions going on if you want to talk about anime movies cartoons funkos beer ball sports other ball things sports. legos we got legos there's all kinds of stuff so if there's something that you nerd out about that you geek out about we probably have a channel for it uh, mm -hmm. if we don't let us know so mm -hmm. join that be a part of the community meet other like-minded nerds and like uh you know converse um anonymously on the internet because that's what we like to do also, if you'd like to uh, hang out with us, interact live and in person, Chris and I both stream on Twitch, uh, typically every Friday and Saturday night. Chris over there under GuyverUnit01, G-U-Y-V-E-R-U-N-T-01. Uh, myself is a little bit shorter and easier. It's K-Sig, K underscore S-I-G. We typically stream much like every... Kyle. Huh? Yeah. Much like Kyle, shorter and easier. Shorter and easier. Super easy. Uh, we try to stream every Friday and Saturday night. Friday night, we do what we call Freaky Friday, where we're doing some community games with uh, people from the community, because that's what you do with community games. So we play games like uh, Pummel Party and the like. Spooky Saturday is for Saturday night. We play a lot of indie horror games and watch uh, Chris get scared, jump up, and land on his balls. So if you want to see that, <laughs> that happens a, a blast. Lot. That happens a lot. A lot, a lot. So check that out. And um, we also stream occasionally through the week, uh, randomly when time allows, because we're old and we have stuff to do. So and check kids. that out. We were allowed to reproduce. Somehow. So I don't know how. We're just good trickers. So, okay. <laughs> so today we have a very special guest on because we have a kind of, a, a, I'm not going to say kind of, it is a gigantic um, I guess we could say controversy, snafu, fuck up. People are saying drama, and I don't necessarily agree with drama being. I would say industry shakeup. And I love okay with an industry shakeup within the D and D Dungeons and Dragons community, which is not just a regional thing. This is a worldwide thing. We've got he's a buddy of mine. He's also a fraternity brother of mine. Um, we've got Mister Taron down there, aka Indestructo Boy. Hey, hey, hey. Thanks, you guys, for having me. No, thank you for doing thanks. this last minute. We really appreciate it. Thanks this. for coming talking. on. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, oh, absolutely. So, first, Taryn, why don't you start off by giving everyone a little bit of insight, your background into this, on sure. what your stake is on this whole thing. Then we'll go into what the controversy is. Sure. So, uh, I am... <sighs> I've been doing homebrew design for D&D. &D. For those of you that don't know, D&D &D is a game that you can create kind of whatever you want to for it. If you wanted to make 
new adventures. You can write adventures for it. You want to make different subclasses for the official classes. You can do that. Homebrew races, backgrounds, whatever you want to do. Uh, I am somebody who sells my products, my homebrew stuff, um, treats it as a professional polished kind of a thing. Um, I've sold my work on what's called the Dungeon Masters Guild, which is an online marketplace where people can sell their homebrew. Uh, I'm one of the, like, pro I'd probably say one of the 15 most successful designers over there. Uh, pro definitely in, like, the top four or five in terms of, like, class design. If you exclude Matt Mercer, it's probably me and two of my other buddies, uh, Benjamin Huffman and Ross Leiser. Um... So I am the designer of the merchant class, the dancer class, the alchemist, the room keeper, uh, as well as the vanguard, the sovereign. I'm just getting done, but I basically I'm a big I'm a class designer. It's my thing is just like you have paladins, you have fighters, you have wizards. I'm also introducing other classes into the game. Uh, so it's a, it's a way more involved kind of a, a process, but so. I I got my notoriety over on the Dungeon Masters Guild uh, after about, I want to say about like three months of getting familiar with the Dungeon Masters Guild and its stuff. I was like, oh, okay, well, this stuff is really cool. So I wanted to highlight like the design process behind adding stuff into this game. I just really fell in love with like the process of we can we can mod things in and we don't have to code. What do you, we can play with things that I make for the game? Like that's insane. So it was like a whole new world had opened up to me, and I wanted to get more and more into this world. So I started up a YouTube channel where I was just talking about like my thought process as I was analyzing the game more. Um, it turns what out, is your YouTube channel? Uh, Indestructo Boy. We'll post. We will post a link to that. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Um, so I I started to get pretty big off of like this is how I got to know some third party guys. Uh, because of my background in graphic design, some of my video production skills were a bit, like, above what my sub count was, you know, saying about me. So uh, I got in contact with some of these third-party guys about, like, hey, I'd really love to check out this class. They were loving some of the, like, video game-inspired, like, reviews that I was doing. Um, for, like, Benjamin Huffman's Pugilist, it was inspired by the Punch-Out. Um, for, like, Ross uh, Leiser's A Curse, it was inspired by Castlevania stuff. So, you know, I was taking a lot of the, like, anyways... That was, God, this was like three years ago now. Um, so as I got to know these guys, um, I started to work alongside them on different projects, picked up some stuff from like other, you know, professionals in the scene. Um, my YouTube channel really started to pick up steam once I started to live stream and like go through my design process. So I am a class designer over on YouTube now where I live stream, you know, coming up with stuff for D&D. Um, so throughout that, I've just gotten to know people like on both the YouTube side and on the like third party creator side. And I've had to stay informed on like licensing. I've had to stay informed. Like I am in the business of third party D and D stuff. That's your bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's your cheddar cheese. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I was luckily, so I was a teacher last year, um, I was a teacher last year, and fortunately, it's it's been picking up so much steam that I was like able to leave teaching and do this full time now, you know. So that's been I've been like super lucky to be, be in that position, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
especially a teacher here in Oklahoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. Right, Kyle? Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, We're learning. This, We're learning. This is, Ky- this is Kyle's first year teaching. Oh, right on. So, and, uh, he, what subject? I'm doing business. So, I do like personal finance, do accounting, do marketing and entrepreneurship. Okay. Okay. And he's right the on. esports coach for the school. Mm-hmm. Yep, hey. we're, we're finally kicking that off next next week. I hope it it all comes together like it should. I mean, you can't when you when you get two first place trophies. Esports, <laughs> let me know. I'm coming for you. Like <laughs> I've I've let my kids know. Like, hey, there's this guy. Uh, we're either going to beat him, you know, in the match, or we're going to catch him in the parking lot. One of the two. Yeah. We're kicking his ass. Either way, so. I'm okay with. Busting his kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, either way, I'm okay with children. Yeah. Um, it hurts himself enough. We don't have to worry about trying to catch him out which there. Is true. <laughs> Just look at him. The first um, esports injury. In <laughs> kneecap in- busting injury in esports. <laughs> Who is this guy? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so let's talk about the shakeup. Yeah. So, Taren- Correct me if I'm wrong here. If I get any of this wrong, let me know. Okay. So it all started with D&D back in the 90s, give or take? Uh, Early, early 2000s. Oh, it's early 2000s. Yes. They came up what was called the OGL, which is the Open Gaming License. Correct. What it did was it basically just went and it's like, think of it as open source for uh, computer stuff, mm-hmm. um, like gaming. Um what it did was allow third-party creation to it's a watered down version of the DD core set rules if i'm uh, that's not entirely it, yeah so okay. yeah no correct me if i'm wrong yeah, yeah go ahead so the open game license is basically just something that is essentially a guide to what you can and can't use from what wizards of the coast puts out as dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. in order to make additional stuff that you would be making money off of with the game so gotcha. there are okay as as or around this time there were people that were looking at adding on to like third edition and they were like oh okay well like we could people are willing to pay for this so not only were there additions to D, but there were also other games that people were like we we would really like to like we like some things about D, but there's a lot of things that we would like to change maybe we don't want to roll a d20 maybe we, we want to roll 2d6 and have a different curve Maybe, you know, whatever. So because of that, at the time, the architect of the OGL, his name is Ryan Dancy. Um, and, and that's p- totally public info right there. Um, the guy who originally wrote the OGL, Ryan Dancy, uh, has been on different channels doing interviews, too, throughout all of this. So uh, the intention was for this to be a license referencing what was the stuff that is in the systems reference document? So think of it as like whenever you're doing web coding and you've got your HTML and your CSS, mm-hmm. your HTML is like all the stuff that people are seeing player facing. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, your CSS is basically like your system saying what all this stuff does. Right. So we are using. Uh, okay. So the SRD is essentially mechanics. Now mechanics cannot be copywritten mm-hmm. game mechanics are a thing that you cannot copyright so there are parts of the systems reference document that are like this is what makes 5e mm-hmm. um this is what makes three point whatever so 
the OGL is a license that basically tells you, think of it more like a guide mm -hmm. rather than a license here. The What the license is telling you, it does give you some protection, okay? But the license is saying as long as you're using the stuff that is in this document and none of the stuff that is our protected IP mm -hmm. or product identity, they also call it, um, then you're fine. It's basically a guideline as to how Wizards of the Coast is like, as long as you don't do this, we don't come after you, right? So product identity is things like the D&D branding, mm -hmm. the Forgotten Realms, certain famous monsters like Beholders, Displacer Beasts. These are all things that are in the product identity. Um, it would be like if Nintendo was saying, you can absolutely make a game where you jump on creatures to kill them and warp to different areas, but you can't use Mario, right? Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that cool. makes a lot of sense. So what what all happened was this was all licensed under what's called OGL 1.0A. Now, we're talking about this was licensed. This was a thing that was created back during you know 2001. Uh, I, I think it was either 2001 to 2003. I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact Early 2000s. Year. Yeah. yeah um, so I should probably get that right because if I don't, I know how all D&D &D fans are going to be. They're going to obsess over this one point that I get wrong. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, technically anything we talk about on this show, too. Pretty much, yeah. We get a lot Ooh. of stuff wrong, so well, don't all read too hard. Yeah. So, uh, early 2001. Okay, cool. Yeah, I did get it right. All right, sweet. So, um, so this thing drops, and basically, D&D goes through an evolution. So, uh, for those of you that maybe you've been catching up, whatever, during this time, I think it was about the 3.0, 3.5 era, the the version of D and D we're playing today is not the same D and D that was being played back in the seventies, eighties, and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There was your first edition D and D, A D and D, the second edition A D and D, third edition, yada 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 yada, right? Um, the version of it that we are currently playing today is called D and D five E or D and D fifth edition. So, um, uh, a little bit of like kind of what is happened here right now, um, right after. 3.0 they did a thing called 3.5 where they were kind of overhauling some rules this is a pretty beloved edition and eventually wizards of the coast is like okay we can see this digital age coming up we're gonna move over into fourth edition now and get ready for like what we feel is you probably heard of vtt's these are called virtual tabletops mm -hmm. we're getting ready for the digital age so they move over into this thing called fourth edition and their intent was apparently to come after like World of Warcraft at that time, which like why? It's a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. Why? I guess they were trying to make it to where like D and D felt like if we're playing it on a computer, it's got to fight WoW, <laughs> you know, for some reason. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and during that time for that edition, they didn't have an open game license. They have what's called a game systems license, I think was right. Uh, but this GSL. This is part of the reason why 4th edition flops so hard. This was an extremely restrictive license to make anything for the game. Uh, this was like, you pay us a certain fee, and then we allow you to do it, uh, kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Overwhelmingly pushed back, and this is what led to uh, a company called Paizo taking the OGL 1.0 for 3rd edition, or sorry, 3.5, and making this game that you all may be hearing a lot about in the news right now called Pathfinder. Pathfinder, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Pathfinder comes out 
And in fourth edition, we suddenly see D&D fall in relevance because Pathfinder has shown up and it's like, everybody is like, yeah, no, this is still a super solid system. Why do we ever move away? Yada, yada, yada. So flash forward to about 2013, 2014. Wizards of the Coast uh, decides that they were going to move on to D&D 5th edition. Um, and a big, big part of this is that they're going to bring back the OGL. Um, and this is this happens eventually. Um, D&D gets released. Uh, D&D 5th edition gets released in, I believe it was 2014. And then about two years later, we get a systems reference document and an OGL. And basically, uh, the not just the okay from Wizards of like, here you go, you can make third-party content for D&D 5e. We also get this new license under this uh, storefront called the Dungeon Masters Guild. This is the place where I got my start. The Dungeons Guild CCA doesn't just allow you to use anything that's in the core rulebooks. You also get to use the IP. So the trade-off there being 50% cut. Mm. Anything that I make for the game, if I use this license, I pay 20% over to Wizards of the Coast, and I pay 30% to one bookshelf. They're the people hosting this website up. Right. So people like me, that suddenly we get big on the DMs Guild, and then we're like, I'm not a big fan of that 50% cut anymore. I'd like to figure out how do I take it? How do I, you know, whatever. I build up my platform. Um, there's also really bad integration with the DMs Guild and things like, for me with YouTube, I can't take my DMs Guild products and advertise them on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I ha I open my own storefront. Like I, I just, I have my own Shopify and everything over there that's with the OGL. I can host up on my YouTube page and advertise right there. And I'm like, Psh. I've cut out the middleman. I've got better marketing for dedicated stuff for my stuff mm -hmm. right here to like, you know, now 13,000 people, you know, sick. Mm -hmm. So I decided to move over to OGL uh, 1.0A as of last year. So that is the history lesson all up until basically like about three months ago. Um, so if you if you guys can tell there is a big incentive to move away from using the CCA and use the OGL 1.0. You you see how Wizards of the Coast doesn't take any money away from that? Mm -hmm. How yep. it's I'm keeping the revenue. How uh oh there's sorry there's another third type of license I should say here called the fan content policy, the FCP. If you're using the fan content policy, this covers things like YouTube videos, TikToks, people that are basically making something that isn't a physical product for sale, and as they have clarified now, not a PDF or a book, like game mechanic stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So the FCP is supposed to cover things that are not requiring essentially the SRD to work. So this is this license is a little bit out of date. I will completely admit that. Here's the dude right here that is kind of at the forefront of this whole movement. And I'm saying, I agree, the OGL 1.0 is out of date. But the way that they are talking about changing it. So there, there's been this rumor going on in the third-party scene for a while now that Wizards of the Coast is aiming to cut out the OGL because there are companies that are coming up that are starting to become, I don't want to say competitors necessarily, but they're generating enough revenue that suddenly... 
watch these buttholes puckering up. They're getting a little bit scared. Okay. They're getting profitable and Wizards is saying, wait a minute, where's our cut? Right. So keep this in mind though, they are a now a verified billion dollar company coming after <laughs> my friends and colleagues. Right, right. Okay. So uh, this had been a rumor um for a while that we were all like what what purpose does wizards of the coast even have to keep the ogl going on at, uh, for this new edition what sorry for, uh wizards of the coast announces this thing called one D D. one D D is the new edition i've said you know older editions right, right now we're in fifth edition and it sounds like we have a usual life cycle of about five years per edition where it's like okay we had that one we're moving on to the next one we've had a good eight years with 5e you know, like it's it's been a solid system. So it's like they're apparently moving into this new edition and addressing some core issues. Uh, there's definitely some balance issues that have happened with newer content that's been released. We've found some holes in the game, you know, that we're like, okay, it's probably time to get the game updated, whatever. We agree with that. So they announced this earlier on this year. And we've been seeing some playtest material and whatnot. Um and everybody in the third party scene was like, they're gonna they're they're gonna kill the OGL. They're gonna somehow find a way to where the OGL does not apply to one D and D, and we won't be able to make content for the system anymore. This had been a kind of rumors. Um and okay, so this this is something I would say like probably edit at this point. Um from this point on, any if I say a name, mm -hmm. pronoun that isn't they, them, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Would you guys mind cutting it if I do slip something up? Kyle, you got All it. Right. Cool. cool. Okay. If we if we do slip here, um, we'll take like five seconds, ten seconds, then yeah. we'll cue you so Kyle knows where to do it, and we'll look kind of look at the time too. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, um, earlier, I guess what earlier Q four twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um, I got, I, I started hearing from, uh, several sources who I trust, mm -hmm. um, that there were, there Wizards of the Coast was making moves on killing OGL, uh, 1.0A, um, uh, and making it to where it would not apply to 1D&D. &D. I, knowing I, I, meeting so many people in this industry, especially people that are working behind the scenes, just making stuff or whatever, mm -hmm. it's a really mellow, you know, mellow people, just not the kind to make a big stink, you know, whatever. And definitely not the kind of people who I would say if they put something out on Twitter is going to get a whole, whole lot of traction and they probably wouldn't like it's, it's complicated. Right. Sure. So sure. I am somebody who I'm not so close to the industry that uh, I I would be someone presented with one of these contracts, right? Right. Um, so without getting further into detail on that, uh, I had been told from several people uh, that there were moves being made to kill the OGL. Uh, what this would do is what we were really worried about this doing is those of you that play Pathfinder, I recommend you look towards the back of that book and see where Wizards of the Coast OGL 1.0A is. 
So we were talking about something that could have potentially have impacted like Paizo not being able to publish Pathfinder or any uh, kind of content moving on beyond or into one D&D. We were talking about smaller companies like MCDM not being able to make anything for one D&D. For uh, Ghostfire Gaming or Mageham Press, Cobalt Press, I, I, I mean, all these different companies that are making third-party products, Green Ronin, whatever, are would suddenly get their entire legal support gutted. And what I was basically hearing is you all will not be able to make content anymore for this new edition. At that point, that's what I had. Um, that's whenever I was like, okay, we, this needs attention. This, we, we need to make sure that this, this gets explained well to the community and we explain why this is bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I, at that time, was not able to get any further than I could uh, into my video or describing anything because I would think if I were, I would have put sources at risk. Right, right. And so which you don't want to do. I trusted people enough that I was like, I'm willing to put up my own rep here. And if you're telling me that this is going to happen, then I'm going to let time show. So... um I, I just I just decided it was the right thing to do. Um, put it out there. Uh, Were you the first? Yeah, uh, I my video went up on November tenth. Okay, you were the so, source. This or the not the source. The you were patient. I, I mean, if we're if we're Spirit, if we're trying yeah. to pinpoint like where did this all start? At least for like the the like wider audience, I think right. my video I uploaded on November tenth is like where the industry started to like rattle around it, right? Gotcha. Right, right. So a couple days after that, um, I posted the video. It went around on some Reddit's, um, and again, it was like I just knew the internet was gonna do what the internet do. People were gonna be pissed at me for not saying who my sources were because people are unhinged like that. Um, not really real, you know, whatever. And I get it too. I get it too. I get the skepticism. Who is this, like, who is this dude that has 10,000 subs on YouTube saying that he has intel on a billion dollar company, what the hell ever? I knew that this was going to be a thing where I am doing a Hail Mary throw, where right. I am like, I am, I am trusting you. I am trusting, I, I am trusting my sources to not have gotten me bad intel. Um, so I throw the Hail Mary. And I I, I I take the hits. Uh, Comicbook.com uh, did an article where they reported on, like, the, the you know, my video. And Christian Hoffer apparently got a response from Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it's – it's their, their response is very corporate boilerplate kind of speak, right? Um, that, like, they would be talking about the OGL soon, and they, they plan on – supporting uh content creators moving forward or what the hell ever right now, is that is that the christian hopper is that one okay to say oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean okay, his okay, is up online on. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. christian hopper yeah hopper okay gotcha um so my belief is that watsy lied to christian um and then a few days later actually it might have been the day after that I, i'm trying to remember wizards of the coast released a uh an article on dnd beyond that I'm going to be a little bit spiteful about this Threw me under the bus. They were saying that there were rumors online about this OGL, whatever. And 
if you were in the industry, you could smell the bullshit. It's very, 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 very just corporate lawyer speak in this article, right? Right. So at this point, people stopped going, wait, Taryn was lying and making stuff up and started to go, wait, but wait, they are changing things. Like this isn't the same thing. Taryn got something. Um, around that time, that's whenever people started coming back to my channel and seeing like what all was going on, whatever. Um, so Wizards went pretty radio silent somewhat for a little while. Um, and then eventually what what happened was they sent out non-disclosure agreements to several prominent third-party creators. And uh, third-party creators, this is these are some of the companies I was mentioning earlier, right? As well as like some people that just had successful Kickstarters. Basically, if you if you had a project that seemed to hit that seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar threshold, Watsi sent you like an NDA, right? Right. Um. So, as a part of this non-disclosure agreement, you had to basically sign this thing, sign this contract, to see what the new OGL was going to be. So, um, basically, the one that they gave everyone thirteen days to look yeah, over. Like yeah. it wasn't even like a reasonable amount of time. It was like no, you was, have oh yeah, here it is, and the clock starts now. Yeah. So it was I. I here's my thing. All right, this was Wizards of the Coast trying to scare the hell out of a lot of smaller creators. If you're making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Okay, that is you as one person. That is a lot of money. But if that is you as a company, we're talking about way smaller margins here. Okay, mm -hmm. we're talking about these have got to go out to like maybe a team of ten people, right? Okay, mm -hmm. already we're looking at seven hundred or seventy-five thousand dollars to every employee. But we got to pay artists too. We got to pay printers. We got to pay distribution. Whatever the the logistics of it are going to eat at that money, right? Right. So these are not people that are necessarily making a ton of money like Critical Role, right? Critical Role <laughs> is in a very unique situation. MCDM, very unique situation, even though I still think that they're probably around this same kind of, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so Wizards of the Coast sends this out. And in order, uh, at least it was my understanding that in order for you to see OGL 1.1 as they had sent it out, um, was you had to sign this NDA, and then if you signed the NDA, you were able to see the contract, but Wizards of the Coast goes, you cannot speak about this. You have this long to sign it. That is psychotic. That is absolutely insane. Um, so that kind of goes, <clears throat> not to interrupt, no, you're a fine. counter to what we've been reading, so... From what you've gathered, they gave mm -hmm. them, okay, you sign your NDA, um, 13 days to sign it. What they've been putting out is this was for review from right. their, right. And so it was, it was for review, but it was not for review. Like, yeah, you can review it. Um, and, but if you don't sign, you're screwed. They, yeah. They, they don't force you into signing a legal contract to read a draft of a potential license. They, they, that's not – I mean so there I, – I might be saying this, but for those of you who are out there listening to this podcast right now, I'm not a lawyer, but there are. The funny thing same, is – Same, same. They, they, yeah. This is a lot of lawyers' favorite game, okay? So there have been a lot of lawyers on YouTube taking a look at this thing. 
there have been a lot of lawyers protecting the third-party publishers that have been looking at this thing. You guys want to know how insane this got? The American Bar Association has checked in on this. Because what we're talking about is Wizards of the Coast trying to take essentially millions of dollars from people on products that they have already made. And they're trying to say, you either stop making that thing or you pay us money. And yes, they were all we were all operating under the assumption of like there was a license that was in place that was, according to the wording of the license, perpetual. And what we're finding out is what it should have said is irrevocable, right? So two very different words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 So, um, we we this this was basically all of November and December was people trying to get me to explain how the hell Watsi was trying to revoke it, and I was like, I have no idea. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just telling you all what I heard. Right. Right. Um, and I was trying to explain it to people that really may not have known what was up. Um, so, uh, around, when was, when was Linda's article? Linda's fine to say. Linda, Linda's, uh, Gizmodo. This is a reporter. Okay. Um. I'll be looking that up while you are doing that so I can get you a date. This was... Okay, January 5th? Well, that's an updated thing. Um, So this has all gone on for a while, and we kept hearing whispers, whatever. Um, I eventually got a tip that said January 4th and January 13th were going to be really, really big dates on this. We don't know what's going on, but the 13th is apparently some sort of a deadline. You can go and see this. I dropped the leak over on my YouTube channel. I was like, I'm trying to get this information out there to you guys to know. We need to be taking this seriously. I have been given a concrete date here, January 4th, January 13th. So I get that intel out. January 4th comes and goes. And I'm like, fuck around. What is going on? What is going on? Linda Kodega drops an article January 5th over on Gizmodo. Dungeons yeah, & Dragons new license tightens its grip on competition. At that point, I could... Uh, hundred percent verify that all of my information was correct linda even goes into saying that it it was apparently a january 4th announcement that had been delayed for some reason or another what we have found out is that's because essentially every third party publisher that had seen this thing had told wizards to go fuck themselves we had a united front that saw wizards trying to infringe on this license that is demanding from people if you make over $750,000 off of a product, you start owing us 25% on every dollar after that. Um, this cuts growth, not on people that are like, you know, if you're a third-party guy, you're going to take a hit. Like, you know, if if they're going to take out a quarter out of that last $750,001, you know, that doesn't sound all that bad. But like if we're talking about a potentially critical role doing a project that has 11 million dollars and watsi takes two 2.5 mil of that or three mil of that whatever it is right we're talking about a real egregious license and not only that they were saying in there that if you are particularly successful we may change these terms so they, they knew they couldn't fight bigger people on this they knew they weren't going to be able to fight critical role because they have the backing of amazon 
They weren't going to be able to fight people like Cobalt Press because they're making enough money to hire the good attorneys to fight this. They were going after third-party guys that aren't necessarily making enough money to fight this. That aren't the big corpse. And, and that, that to me was – I was like, you guys don't care about actually defending this license. You're hungry for the little guy. So like, yeah, it, it's so like you're saying, then it's to it's literally to fuck over the little guy who they can't they know that they can win against. Yes. So one and of they the can adjust interesting... these terms, the OGL specifically states that they can adjust these terms <laughs> even after you're already paying them their 25 percent cut. They can come in later and go, actually, it's 30 now, which is ridiculous. And, <clears throat> and it's saying. Excuse me, and it's saying you can't fight back against this because this is what it is now. Well, yeah, the kicker that I got from it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I'm not a lawyer, and I'm just kind of wading through this in the last like four or five days. Right, uh, is that not only was it on um, new content coming up, anything that they were going to produce going forward, that they were trying to make it retroactive as well. Correct. So like anything for, um. Like uh, for like anything that they that you made like for three point five like the, what we were originally talking about way back earlier, yes. That or anything that you made that you made for five e, which if they've got it into place before their new version comes out, then it's going to apply to five e more than likely. And so what it sounds like to me is it was like a step ahead to try like okay well we're going to try to cover our asses because once we do once we roll out. um what did you say? Is D and D one or one D and D? So yeah, one D and D is this new version they're showing us. Yeah, so they're showing and that's the that. online platform. Yeah, they're showing this coming up, and then if they're going to try, this is me trying to make sense of the legalese and everything that they're doing. Mm. That okay, we're going to do one D and D, and the new OGL could obviously apply to that and going forward with that if they wanted to. Whatever they want to do with that, that's the new thing going on. What they're afraid of is what happened with four. And everybody going back and making contact for the previous version. And so they're getting it out now so they can apply to 5e and not just 5e and anything going forward. And it sounds like one DD is probably going to be like a service going forward, service right. type model. We're, we're, we're talking about what looks like a mostly digital virtual tabletop experience. Um, at least that seems to be what they are prioritizing. Yeah. And so if they do that, then you will have. If, if that's the new model going forward, then you have one D and D and you don't have like 1.5, 1. whatever. You just continue improving on that model, call it the same thing. Say it's something that can evolve. All your licensing is going to apply going forward and they're trying to cover their asses. So nobody goes back and makes old stuff and undercuts them. So but it wouldn't really even be yeah. undercutting them because they're, they're cutting their own throat there because you can't have all this without that. Especially if like what you're doing, you're mainly making classes for, 5e right yeah right so, now so right, right now, now yeah and that's like where most of the content is and you kind of have to have all this base stuff from wizards to you know utilize all these extra things this is just the extra fun stuff that you get to bring in yeah and so if you're wanting to play you need them they you know most people right you're casual type people like okay i want to play and which is me right i want to play a game whenever I can. I'm going to get a base set of rules. I'm going to get all this stuff, and I want to buy this stuff that directly profits to Wizards. Mm -hmm. And then if I want to try to all this other stuff, or I see all this other interesting stuff, or maybe that's what interested me, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy this stuff from Wizard before this. And so that if they cut out the extra, they're just cutting their own. It, it, it's a little... So, uh, 
I went on a thing there, but I've been processing it the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and oh, sorry, real quick. Um, I said Linda Codega. I don't remember. I know Linda Codega prefers uh, they them pronouns. I'm pretty sure I said they, uh, they them, but if I said she, uh, that's my bad. Um, so this whole thing about the license applying moving forward. Um, if the system, so the big scary thing right here is so the OGL is just a license to use what's called the systems reference document. Right. Right. So the systems reference document is essentially game speak. This is the brain of the game that we're talking about. So if all they like essentially may have to do is say, oh, well, this new OGL or this new system, we're not going to allow a systems reference document to be used with this OGL. And they essentially cut out anybody from making content. And this was my nightmare scenario at first. I was like, oh, crap. That's what they're going to do. That's insane. And then I started to hear that it was so much worse and so much worse. And it kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And that's finally whenever I decided to say something. Um, so third-party people are the people that are keeping this game alive. Wizards of the Coast does not have the content output to meet up with what people are demanding out of this game in the eight years that this game has been out they've added one additional class to it that's which is insane yeah the uh, us in the homebrew scene have added over 40 that i would consider to be uh, worth publication and oh it sounds like i might be blowing smoke up my own ass right there but like no these are guys that talk with industry pros right like because of our work we've gotten noticed and that's what's put us in contact with these million dollar projects right so um well i don't oh. think that you're blowing smoke up your own ass because <laughs> from everything what i've been reading and you know just knowing you how i do too my take on a lot of this is that wizards knows that they haven't put out good shit in a while yeah and then they said oh look taron indestructo boy is he's banking off of the shit right now because he's putting out some good stuff i want a cut of his shit now and and that's the thing is this is a deterrent from third party people really because like if it's not going to hit me right I'm not right. making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year off of this jeez please goddamn uh, yeah. no I'm I'm barely barely I I just now started making what I would consider to be me comfortable full time right okay. um but that's because it's YouTube and my Patreon and people buying stuff on the DMs Guild. And just people, really cool people in my community coming out and like supporting whatever the hell it is I'm doing, right? Right, right. Um, but the, the the scary thing here about the OGL is as bad as this sounds, I, I'm telling you guys, it gets worse. So not only did this OGL have a stipulation in there about how much money you could make off of it, it also included a provision where Wizards of the Coast could take your work put it in an official book and say, this is ours now. Not pay you a fucking cent. And no credits. Not, not give you any royalties. You made this thing. We like it. We're putting it in our game. And they were trying to push this as if it was some, if we accidentally make something that somebody else made, we want protection in court. I read through, I, I didn't get through the whole entire thing. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll fast forward a little bit. I got to the part where Linda's article came out. So their article came out and about 
I think this was on the seventh. I want to say um, I had just wrapped up like a, a 12 hour live stream and um, I was, when was this? Yeah. Exact dates. Let me see here. Six days ago. So I guess the ninth. Okay. Wait, you did a 12 hour live stream. Oh, I, I, I do. I mean, I treat live streaming full time. I do game design all the time. Right. Child, can you... <sighs> I'm <laughs> young again. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm 33, <laughs> my dude. Yeah, I know. You just got to get some actual sleep. That's your problem. <laughs> I've done six and I was dead. Yeah. So. <laughs> we are old, dude. Mm -hmm. All right, go on. Sorry. So I had done a, uh, yeah, I had done like an eight hour live stream and um, I got a tip and somebody dropped me OGL 1.1. None of us had seen it outside of the people that had signed the NDA. So I got I, I got a copy of it sent to me. Um this was I guess it was the ninth, ninth or the eighth. Um and the I was January. like I yeah, I, I was like, I've just gone through an eight hour stream. I'm exhausted, and you drop the biggest fucking news in the gaming industry for this year on me right now. So I was like, We're going. We're we, I, you know, so Sorry to those of you that that's your first impression of me uh, is me <laughs> eight hours in exhausted reading a legal document. But I, I, yeah. So I go through and I read that and we start finding that all of the, all of the dots are connecting. Um, we, we see they're coming after TikTokers, cosplayers, anybody. If you're talking about D and D you're doing D and D stuff. Somehow they were trying, they said that they weren't going to make this OGL apply to you, but it sure seemed like they were coming after some of these people. I, the phrasing that they had in there, it was like, don't know what you're opening this up for. Why do you feel the need to cover? They tried to split it into like an OGL commercial and then an OGL non-commercial. And it was like, well, you've already got the fan content policy and that covers videos, right? So then why did we need this OGL non-commercial? Well, you know, so if you want a way more in-depth look into that, there are a lot of other people that have dissected that document. Um, I found it, and I I just I, – I spread the word. Um, that's been my – I really – it's like I'm just – I have been a megaphone. That, that's it, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So um, so after I, after I did the read-through, um, the next day – there were other people that also seemed to have gotten the tip and other streams started reading it and other people started doing videos on what they got. And suddenly it seemed like everybody was, everybody got this drop. Right. So as it started getting louder, um, people in all across the TTRPG scene, were talking Pathfinder fans, call of Cthulhu, Mork Fork. I mean, like, it was insane. The entire TTRPG scene is like, holy crap, Watsy, what are you doing here? You're you're upset that there's people that are making better content than what you guys can put out, and now you're coming after their dollar because you're trying to interpret this license, which is mostly a guide, by the way. You're trying to interpret this license to mean that you guys are protecting your I what they're treating a, they're treating a license like a trademark. <clears throat> right and mm -hmm. it's not that like it's it's not that uh there's the, a difference this, between the two there's a big yeah, difference and 
so this was a thing that I was really happy to see Legal Eagle cover in his video. Um, but it was basically this day, whenever that whenever that happened, um, OGL 1.1 gets out and suddenly the internet lights on fire. And people are like, oh my god, they're coming after the game. They're coming after – this isn't totally correct, but for people that were going online and saying they're coming after Critical Role mm – -hmm. Ooh, that that definitely lit a fire. Like that was that was big. So uh, well, and another one that I found out. Flash fact: Knights of the Old Republic was built on this system. Yep, they would be fucking with the mouse. Yeah, and we know you don't fuck with the mouse. And this is a part of why we were we were all kind of thinking like, I think this is just some really really dumb exec that doesn't realize the history of this thing and what it does. They, they these are just some business corpos <clears throat> that don't play D&D. They don't understand the history. They don't know what this all affects. And they pulled out one one little card out of this whole house and suddenly the entire fucking empire fell on them. Immediately after this happened, we started seeing people hire attorneys we started seeing new licenses being created, like Paizo's um, Orc. Um, basically, we saw the biggest breakup and move on from you thing, it, it, like literally over the course of two days. The industry immediately reacted, and everybody was like, we want to show Hasbro and Wansi just how much we don't need them. So this was whenever we started to see third-party guys come up with this new license, the Open RPG Creator License. So uh, you you can there are videos that are out there on that. I've even got one on my channel. You can come and check out. Right, um, we're seeing a bunch of big D and D personalities, like influencers online, that are like, "We're moving on, new system. What are we pivoting to, guys? Let's figure it out." Right. We have uh, people that are so dedicated and have been building this around their brand. Right, like YouTube channels that are like D and D shorts. They're they're like. We got to break the brand. We, we got to break this up, man. I got to figure out what, you know, um, you know, one of my, one of my buddies, wintry D and D um, he, he's even rebranding to like wintry Wyvern now. It's like his class or his channel mascot. Right. So everybody's breaking, breaking ties. And the, the thing is now we're seeing a bunch of TTRPG influencers from D and D moving out and promoting other systems because what we're trying to do now, what all, what all of us with, the reach are trying to do is remove D and D from being the sharpie of TTRPGs. We don't want people to th to see the tabletop role playing game experience and go, "Oh, they're playing D and D." We want people to see people playing a tabletop role playing game and, and being like, "Oh, what TTRPG are they playing?" We want the question to be there, not them assume that whenever I need a permanent marker, I'm going to ask for a sharpie. We want to remove the zeitgeist of D and D from pop culture. This is what we're. This is the goal. Now. We're we're tired of it. There's so many other great games out there for people to play. So we're breaking up, and this is the big culture wave that's happening right now. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong on these. <clears throat> Didn't the company, the the CEO of Pathfinder, say because of all this, like? Oh yeah, here we're here's our own open license. Open, it's never that's, gonna. That's the orc. Yep. Yep. That's never gonna be. We're never gonna take it away. They are. Well, that's at least what they're saying. 
they they basically hire an attorneys to craft it and then they are giving it away which is amazing that's uh, Paizo showing that is you love of, your community your community paizo is one of the coolest communities uh one of the coolest companies i have ever ever <clears throat> talked with in uh, you know what here's the thing during my time as a youtuber i have had i have had uh, a little crisis happen whenever earlier on this year I had some people get into my live stream chat and they were like, oh, this already ha is a thing in Pathfinder. Just go play that instead. Mm -hmm. And this is an this was this has been an annoying thing in the TTRPG scene. Whenever someone will come to a DD uh YouTuber and they're like, just play Pathfinder instead. So I had gotten this relentlessly. I had been accused of swiping some mechanics for my alchemist from Pathfinder's Alchemist and yada yada yada. I was fed up one morning and I just I was like pathfinder fans whenever you go into other dnd communities and you're like um just play pathfinder instead you look like a bunch of bitches i said this got spread around the pathfinder community which i kind of contributed to because i got sick of it and spread it my yeah i was petty in that, in that moment all right so you were fed up i was oh i was so sick you were of at it. your limit that happens to it, everyone it, it was it was one of those things right like every once in a while there's like some <clears> big <throat> controversy that happens and around this time it was YouTubers getting nonstop harassed by Pathfinder zealots. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say zealots, not fans. Here, there is a distinction. Um, it's like Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah, if, if they're proselytizing that like you're a bad person for playing D and D instead of Pathfinder, then it was like, oh, uh, uh, what? Anyways, you you I'm just mad. get so much of this feedback as a yeah. content creator. You get you you have your moments. All right, so I got to write down zealot because now I've got an idea for a class that I yeah. put together. <laughs> Sell it, class. And you better write that down too. We want to see it. this. <laughs> make him short and bearded. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> dwarven zealot, dwarven so, zealot, uh, <laughs> who only walks on a certain path. Go ahead. Um. So, uh, but basically, I I say all that to say <clears throat> that as somebody that is one of the people that I've given Pathfinder fans a reason to point to me and go, this guy's an asshole. Don't let him into our thing. Right. Over the course of the last, like, week, having had, like, developers, like, Mark Seifter is hanging out over in my Discord now, one of the de main developers for Pathfinder. Um, we, we've talked about collabing. They want to help out my community with putting stuff over in the Pathfinder, you know? Like, this is not a thing of, like, people that are saying, <clears throat> I play this game, I play this game. It is the entire TTRPG scene is, like, united and saying, fuck Hasbro, fuck Watsy on this. We're burning the empire. We're playing other games. We're not doing this anymore. So this has been the open D and D movement. Um, this has been D and D be gone. Um, a couple of days ago, I posted up a video where I was like, "Guys, it's time delete your D and D or uh, sorry, not don't delete your D and D Beyond subscriptions. Cancel your accounts." The two days after, I swear to you, there is someone at Watsi that is watching my my channel. And seems to be making game plans around whatever it is I say. I said, <clears throat> hey, everyone, or cancel your D&D Beyond subscriptions on the 13th, the day that they had the original deadline for signing up for it. I was like, send Watsi a message that they can see. There was a press release from Gizmodo <laughs> that said, Watsi uh, hoping that everyone's going to blow this over and what they're really paying attention to is D&D Beyond subscriptions. And... Um, According to a Twitter post earlier, I haven't been able to verify this yet, but this guy says that he's an accountant and a uh, 
stat, statistician or something like that. Anyways, he's a numbers guy, smarter mm-hmm. than me. Okay, said that he estimates that we cost Wizards of the Coast something like a hundred million dollars through this I movie. I believe that because well, and they also crashed the website. Yep. Because the servers could not keep up with the cancellations. There was um we, we have been hearing news from inside of Watsi <laughs> that they there are well there are different content creators like D D Shorts who have been getting information from employees inside at Wizards of the Coast that are saying executives are going insane. They are it is dismal morale. We have people quitting, all this other stuff. We have you know, and I'm just gonna say this here because I said it on my channel, but it's always worth mentioning here. Wherever I can spread the message, don't harass Wizards of the Coast employees. Don't don't send them any threats or it's anything. It's not like their that. fault. It's not their fault. I know of plenty of people that are on the design team that are sympathetic to this cause. All right. So, like, there are people that are creatives at Wizards of the Coast that are completely, completely like, yeah, we are we. W- w- this is this is money. This is just what money is doing right now. Um. So we that is basically you guys caught up to where we are today. Um, we're, Which is what, insane. Yeah. What we're waiting on right now is um, apparently D and D Shorts said in a recent thing because we know I I we can we know for a fact uh, Will from D and D Shorts is talking to somebody on the inside um, or some people uh, because there are several influencers that have been getting emails from like Watsi employees right. that are saying. Like, it's bad. It's real bad, guys. We're trying to figure out what to do here and even, like, save this community that we really, really love. But, like, dude, the execs are saying one thing, and they're refusing to believe the public on this. They're saying everybody's overreacting. They have it right, yada, 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 whatever. And even whenever we present them with, you guys literally caused all of our competitors to unite against us and form a brand new license. They brought in attorneys to overcome this and this is the exec's fault it's it's insane i would love to ask someone from um who's the company that owns pathfinder uh paizo paizo i would love to ask someone from them what they think of that like because you know hiring a lawyer to draft something this insane um this complex is not going to be cheap um i happen to know a lawyer pretty well um she may or may not smack me for snoring at (laughs) night um but i know it's not going to be cheap and then to do this is basically as a goodwill to the community yeah that's just insane to me that shows how much you love your community this is an incredible act from a company showing that I, I mean, from over the years, they have been uh, okay. Here's my deal. I may seem like a, a lot of people have been looking at me, and they're like, hey, "There's even the meme going around online of me as Captain America." And then, yeah, like, I love that you one. Know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, from so, game. Yeah. Um, so I'll send that to you. Here, like, you know, during this crisis, like I, I got the word out, but honestly, dude, Paizo's been nothing but kind to me. Paizo has been nothing but great to the entire community. Um, Paizo has been a completely chill company. And honestly, I I may be the one that got the word out on this, but dude, they've been fighting this fucking dragon for years. I'm telling you, th- this is this is Paizo. This is the, 
opportunity they were they were waiting for. Oh yeah. This is this is Paizo going from being uh we're the we're the maybe alternative to D&D into we're going to be the industry leader. And I I'm telling you from all of my interactions with Paizo employees that uh Aaron Shanks like all these dudes uh, like whatever uh Mark Seifter one of the lead designers is over in my Discord community right now helping people convert stuff from 5th edition to Pathfinder which is awesome. They are so fucking cool. And they he's are... not getting money from that. Nope, not at all. He just knows. I, I promise you, they all know <laughs> from being cool like this, they're going to get a lot more people that are coming over and they're like... Loyalty. Loyalty boy. fan base is a lot. You know, uh, so... And there may be other... I don't think that, like, you know, I don't think everybody's going to land on Pathfinder, and I don't yeah. think everybody should. I think what we really need... We don't need everybody to find one TTRPG and be like, we need the D&D killer. No, this is what put us into the spot that we were in three months ago. We don't need one TTRPG to be the thing that dominates the entire market. We need a thriving industry. We need people playing these games in the same way that they play like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or hell, poker if they wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. There are solo TTRPGs like Rune I have over here or Dark Fort that I don't even need a game master. They're they're that well put together that like I can literally play a TTRPG on my own if I wanted to, and and they're not like the competition's healthy. Yeah, it, it's competition drives innovation, and Watsi hasn't had a whole lot of competition, so the system got stagnant. Execs got too powerful, and this is the this is what happened. So we're here today. Now we're questioning. I have. I'm sure some other people have because, I mean, obviously there's huge outrage, right? I mean, it's it's there. Okay. Can and how, if they can, they recover from that? How do Wizards, Hasbro, which I feel it's more of a Hasbro thing, honestly, Mm -hmm. because... I like what you were talking about. You have your, your core employees, you have your people that are your artists and your creators and your writers and like all these people that are creative because they're doing that because they, they love Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You have executives who may or may not, who may be pulled in from other departments from Hasbro because you get this huge umbrella corp over everything. And they're seeing now, you know, okay, well, this is our, this is our cash cow now because popularity in D and D has skyrocketed over the last five or six years. Thanks to Critical Role, thanks to Stranger Things, your shirt. You know, yeah. all these things, it's it's went from niche to mainstream and access, accessible. And so, to me, that's that's where a lot of this came from. Like, oh, we're, we're making a lot of money. We should be making a lot of money plus this. And we're missing it somehow because we, we got to, you know, so they're pulling people from other places. But can they recover? And if they can, how? The just and just your opinion, we're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so as somebody that is like, if I was to say, what would the I mean, me basically speaking on behalf of the community, if I was to say, what is the community really feeling like Watsy could do here? Some of this stuff might sound like overreach, but honestly, at this point, we're no longer at the point of like reasonable negotiations with this company anymore. Um, they recently released a statement that said you was using childish language, like. Some people online are going to say that they won, but they would only be half right. We both won. 
And like they're trying to make it seem like this is a complete us versus them side type of thing. And it's like you you all aren't exactly like you shouldn't be trying to win this situation right now. You should be trying to resolve a situation. Mm -hmm. They there there's clearly an issue with what you all have presented. The public does uh, the public thinks that you are an evil corporation. You should probably be trying to fix that instead of getting online and using your virtual or I say your virtual tabletop, your digital tool to try and put influencers on blast because you're all butthurt that you got your ass handed to you. What you do here is you take the fucking L. You lost. Okay. So at this point, what you did, what Watsy did here was they tried to scare <clears throat> third party, and I mean third party. Not big companies, okay? They were trying to steal scraps off the plate. They were never going to legally enforce anything against Critical Role. Are you kidding me? All yeah. they, all Matt Mercer has to do is go, oh, okay, we're taking it back to Pathfinder. And and then they're like, oh, well, okay, there goes – I guarantee you, Watsy, there goes 20% of your customer base. Yeah, they'll all switch over because they people aren't watching and listening to and getting all the stuff from Critical Role because it's D&D. &D. They're getting it because it's – Mercer and company and their production value and their entertainment value and whatever they do, they're going to follow. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's, it's not, it's, it's just the vessel right now and they can jump ship to another one really yeah. easily. Mm -hmm. And, and the fans will follow, you know, they, oh, they, yeah. Yeah. So what, what gets me with this, and this is kind of going to go into like a bigger societal thing here. Um, Cause like you said, I, I like what you said, like we're not looking for, Shouldn't be looking for a win or for a loss. We should be looking for something to resolve this mm -hmm. so everybody's happy. Yeah. And when and, and and the pitchforks are out right now, and understandably so. And I think not just this situation, so many other situations just globally, like we get to this point where we're like burning it to the ground, no matter how much we love it. But I think that the fans and the people like if there if there is an actual earnest attempt to resolve this it does no good if nobody's accepting of it right and i think where we sometimes fail as people is like okay well it's all or nothing you screwed up ties were cut i'm done with you yeah i'm done yeah. with you and there's there's obviously situations <laughs> where where that's the answer you know yeah and like, I hope they can find a resolution. That's what I would like. I would like to see a resolution. I don't want to just see it just go poof, you know. It, it would be super cool because you know what? I'm somebody that has a vested interest in the health of this game. Yeah. I have all, all of my 5th edition work is stuff that's making me about, like, $800 a month. Um, The month that I do a big release, I'm making three grand, you know. So as a homebrew creator, I have a vested interest in this game being in a good shape, right? Right. Um, I have a vested interest in Watsy not screwing up their public relations. And now the fact that they've done this, and I was the guy that had to be the one to, to draw my axe, this sucks. You know, and I, I get that, but I'm happy I did it because now I'm feeling excited about making content again. And that's the thing I'm hearing overwhelmingly is that people are like, it's scary. <clears throat> it's really, really scary right now. That we're like, I don't know what kind of content I'm going to make right now. I have, uh, I would rather take those calls because then, you know, the easy thing is to say, check out another system and like, or like, I'll give you a recommendation. Um, or, you know, like maybe you could apply it somewhere else or, hey, 
Maybe some people just come to your channels because they like your personality and you can pivot to whatever it is you want to do, right? But I'm seeing people that are feeling rejuvenated to make TTRPG content again because now we're checking out other systems. Uh, if we're, But it's no longer a thing of people feeling like we have to make D&D stuff to be relevant anymore. It's now the entire RPG scene is like, I can't make D&D stuff anymore or else I'm going to fall into irrelevance. You know, mm-hmm. we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're tired of it. We, and this is, this is probably the biggest culture shock since I, 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 the biggest culture shock in terms of like the board game, tabletop game industry. Right. I mean, we're talking about D and D essentially completely falling out of favor and in, in the course of two weeks, which is nuts. Cause it's been the biggest RPG game in the world. Yeah. They, Arguably. They, they messed with people who helped create memories for other people, who helped other people have fun with their friends, who helped them actualize some of their favorite like fantasy characters in their mind. Like my Vanguard class is like, dude, people kept saying for years that D&D 5e, there can't be a tank. There can't be a tank. I made it. I made it, and I have had so many people that are like, oh my god, how did you figure this out? Alchemist. There are a ton of people that weren't a big fan of like, artificer being tied in alchemy being tied into magic and spells and whatever right i decoupled it made it a martialist and i've had people that it's i my dudes it's like uh wait where is it oh my god i just got here we go you know how cool it is that i got this in print which is awesome i it's a physical thing now that i hold in my hand that works for a game that i love and i just got approved for print last week shit <laughs> yeah oh. so it, my whole 2023 was me taking all of my stuff and converting it to print and this now, is what i have to look forward to so that was going to be my question what does the future hold are you are you switching to pathfinder do you know what you're going to do i am the the current plan right now is um uh, i'm making my own system mm-hmm. um I, I've had this idea for one for quite a while that could be played solo or in a group mm-hmm. and uh, something that was a bit more uh, – it's a working title right now. We're calling it Requiem. I just thought like a, a song of – like a song played at a funeral, you know, right, and it seemed right. like kind of appropriate. It's going to be a bit more of like a pulp fantasy <clears throat> type of uh, system. Um, the biggest complaint that I have with D&D is that combat is so goddamn slow. So we're getting rid of initiative, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, All that, yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I I stream that right now, and honestly, my viewership for me making a new TTRPG, I used to average about like forty to maybe seventy or eighty viewers per stream. I'm getting upwards of three hundred to four hundred right now. Jesus. Whenever I'm talking about OGL specific stuff, I'm getting like, you know, 600 to like mm-hmm. maybe 700. But usually people are sticking around because my viewership has done better because I've gotten the fuck away from D&D. I think the whole community was tired <clears throat> of it, and we didn't realize how tired we were of it. We were, right. When you heard that, Kyle, he's doing a um, Pulp Fiction uh, RPG, and Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson is one mm-hmm. of the gods. 
And he's like gonna it. smite you, motherfucker. <laughs> well, so so pulp by pulp fantasy, you know, it's it's evoking the ideas of like uh more grim kind of dungeon scent. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like the the dark. I, I if I say like Ralph Bashy style like fantasy, you know, just kind of grim, not not grim dark. But I, I I like to embrace the like kind of darker fairy tale side of fantasy a bit more. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, there's like the book- original um Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah, like that, or uh, are you familiar with John Abercrombie, the author? I don't know if I, I don't think I am. Are uh, you, Kyle? No. First Law Trilogy. Uh, if you if you haven't, you got to check the guy out. Um, it's my understanding that George R. R. Martin's estate was like, if George R. R. Martin dies before he finishes Song of Ice and Fire, we're bringing in Joe Abercrombie to finish it. Really? So he's so similar. He's, he's fucking good, man. Okay, and it's good. like, just, he's good at that brutal, like, he's going to kill your favorite character savagely and make you sit through that pain. Right. Like that's, that's yeah. Whack your nuts with a mallet. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I, I, I'm like, if you're into game of Thrones, don't go play D and D play Mortborg. play a world where like, dude, they don't give you a character <laughs> sheet. They give you a post-it note thing and say, if your character dies, rip off that character sheet off the post-it tab. And you've got a new character sheet right there to make your Grab new another one. one. Because you're like, going to die. You're going, you are in a meat grinder. Like, you know. <laughs> Which is um, awesome. Yeah, it's, it, I I, I want to do a, a Morkborg actual play and just like, dude, this is, these may be the same players you all are going to see. Right. Promise you won't be the same characters. <laughs> Which is awesome. So, <clears throat> it's good, I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear. Well, let me start off saying, I'm super happy you found a happy spot. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry your happy spot got literally kneecapped yeah. right now. But it sounds like you have good ideas of what you want to do and where you want to go with it. Yeah. And that says a lot. It's um it's really cool because for those of you who don't know, um Taryn's not as handsome or pretty as me. Um, no one is. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got that going against him, Kyle. I'm waiting for Kyle to say oh, something. Yeah, you don't, you're, you don't no, I'm, I'm ruggedly handsome, so I'm sticking with. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to stick with Kyle here. I think the eye patch is, adding, is doing a lot of work for me, dude. So, uh... <laughs> it is. I, I can't. Com- that wins out like 100% of the time. 100%. But no, it's, it's great, Heron, that you're in this spot where you're going to create your own system. Um, and, we have people in our community that would be more than happy to help play test that too. I'm fairly certain we can put that out there. Um, but it, it's just, it's cool that you're able to have this insight into what's going on and then you're going to keep just moving forward. You're not considering this like enough of a setback where you're done. I don't think anybody should. Don't this is this is not my guys, this is not the death of content creation for tabletop role playing games. This is I mean, as cheesy as this shit's gonna sound, okay. This is that Phoenix coming up out of the ashes. We are seeing Watsy may have been trying to come after some of these creators, and what they wound up doing was igniting a new tabletop renaissance. They they are they're I'm telling you guys. I'm not saying this just because I'm like really proud of whatever the hell is going on. What I am, mm-hmm. I am proud of what's going on, but I have never seen this much excitement around tabletop role playing. 
because people are like, oh, yeah, we can we don't have to do the uh, like it, it went beyond. We don't have to do D&D into mm-hmm. we don't want to. And it's so cool that people are figuring out things like, oh, Path of the Era, sorry, Powered by the Apocalypse, the 2D6 system. You mean I'm going to hit more on average? That feels more like actual combat, you know, whatever. Um, You know, there's a clip of me finding out why people were designing with roll under in previous, like, tabletop role-playing games. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like if I have a stat that's like a 7, and then I roll a d20, and I'm trying to hit a 7 or below – I was like, why would you be trying to do that in a TTRPG? And I, as I'm sitting there thinking about it, you can see the light bulb click, and I was like, I will never go back to 5e. I, I think that, it, yeah, the 5e skill system is intrinsically broken, absolutely broken. Um, but I, now that people are out there and exploring new stuff, <clears throat> if you all are thinking that you it's scary to move on to something different because you don't think everybody else is going to be trying to do different stuff, us YouTubers are trying to make those tables happen. Us YouTubers are trying to get the word out about these other games to all of our audience that we have baked in that guess what? They're all D&D fans, and we're trying to spread the word. So, this is happening. Straight from the Terran's mouth. You all heard it there. Mm-hmm. Kyle, do you have any follow-up questions or anything you want to ask about this whole... Oh, I can backtrack on one that he said. Uh, oh, go okay. ahead, go ahead. What could Wizards of the Coast do to recover from this? Oh, I yeah, we, like, we went woo, way over yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's our sorry. show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what could Wizards of the Coast do to recover from this? I have uh, outlined this actually in the video because uh, people were asking about it, and I thought it was an interesting topic. Wizards of the Coast, if you want my help and how you could get through this, all right, what you got to do, number one, DMs Guild, you are going to take a – I, you, I originally set a 5% cut down from 20. You are taking a 1% cut. You need to lower that 20% all the way down to 1%. That's it. You don't deserve it anymore. You've shown the way that you feel about third-party creators. you got to eat crow on this. You are giving up your royalty cut down to 1%, and you better be happy that the community will give you that. Okay? Yeah. Otherwise, guess what? We're going on to other games. Um, number two... The SRD has to open way up. Um, the SRD is pretty restrictive on what is in there right now. Um, there's a class that was added. I say the one class that they've added in the last eight years, the Artificer. We can't use in OGL stuff. We can't make subclasses for it. We can't even reference it. Put it in the SRD. So you put it in the SRD. If we can make content for it, cool. All right, awesome. Um. Oh, number three. You need to establish an easier integration or like a, a cooler means for people that aren't celebrities like Matthew Mercer potentially getting their stuff added to the game. You all said that this was going to be a thing that you were going to do back whenever you created the Dungeon Masters Guild. I've only heard about one instance of you all ever reaching out to another creator to put something on D&D Beyond, and that was uh, whenever they reached out to Benjamin Huffman, one of my good buddies, to put the Pugilist on D&D Beyond. And because Wizards of the Coast got bought out, they just dropped all discussion of it. No idea why. Absolutely no idea what happened there. They just ghosted the dude. Integrate us into D&D Beyond. You need a fucking community manager that will actually talk to people, by the way, Wizards. Fire Greg Tito. Greg Tito, um, I have emailed this dude. And me and I, I'm telling you, me and several other content creators have emailed this guy dozens of times over the last like five years that like content creation has been like you know whatever mm-hmm. um 
at least where D&D has really, really popped off, right? I've, I've only been doing so in the last, like, two or three years, but yeah. I just wanted to get, like, review copies, you know? Like, I'm already buying these books. It's already so expensive for me to make content or whatever. A review copy. Whatever. This By the way, people, this is not that expensive. And seeing as I'm at the 13,000 subscriber threshold, I've seen people with 500 subs get on this list. No idea why. It's just Greg Tito plays favorites, apparently. Wizards of the Coast. We gotta, you gotta open that up. You need a different community manager. You need someone actually talking to your your real influencers, not the people that have five thousand followers on Twitter that are your friends. That's that's ridiculous. Um, only other things I can really think of is like I'm not even gonna ask Watsy to retroactively play, pay DMs Guild creators for the money that they've. Let's be let's be real here. They've been swindling out from. They they don't deserve a twenty percent cut. Um. I'm not even going to say like they need to retroactively pay or anything like that. Uh, they need to completely rescind any thoughts of this OGL 2.0 and instead go with um, – they need to surrender D&D as the, the system to this orc license. I don't, I don't trust Wizards of the Coast to write any legalese anymore. They have shown complete incompetence and hostility towards other creators. They, they don't deserve to have their own lawyers writing their own license. This game needs to be in some other hands. It's not even theirs. They own an IP. They own an IP, and this game that they have put out is not the D&D that they bought. This, this is a completely different system from what it was that they originally bought. So they have a game that they have created that they have slapped the D&D brand on. So... It's it's a huge, huge overreach, in my opinion, right here. I, I think it's really, really hard for them to make a, an argument that this license should stick around in any way. And we already know that they don't even believe in this license anyways because they backed off of it. And they're going to keep backing off. Like, it's just, yeah. If they do these things, though, we see at least that they're showing some good faith for third-party creators. Mm -hmm. um, backing off of that fee on the DMs Guild is the least they can do. It, it's just, it's egregious to me that, I, like, okay, we pay a 50%. I, I'm fine with the marketing side of it with the 30% for one bookshelf. I get it. I'm posting it up on their site, using up their server space. They're facilitating all that stuff. That's fine. Right. right. The, the, for Watsy to just be like, that's our site, pay us 20%, and we let you use these <clears throat> IPs or whatever, Get out of here, man. Absolutely get out of here with all that. It's, yeah. Um, that's, I mean, that's, I think, a start. Um, it, my, my thoughts on that were originally a lot more generous, like lower it to 5%. After they released their article the other day on D&D Beyond, uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't think Watsy, Watsy's running right now. They're losing their player base. So they're not in a position to be saying that they're going to be enforcing these things. We're in a position to be making demands of Watsy. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. It's just nuts on how complex this whole thing is. Yeah, I've been I, I have praised a lot of my colleagues in the like mm -hmm. YouTube scene for how eloquently <clears throat> they've been able to explain a pretty complicated situation. And I get that it's complex. I get that, you know, whatever. Uh there are plenty of YouTubers out there that if you're if if you still feel like 
I, I listen to Taryn talk here for about an hour, and I have no idea what the hell is going on. Will over at D&D Shorts did an eight-minute breakdown of the situation. If you just want layman's terms, um, I would go check that out. Great explanation. And then if you want a more technical and nuanced explanation than what I gave you here, uh, go and check out Roll for Law. Um, Roll for Law had a great breakdown of the entire OGL document. And that, that guy is an actual lawyer, like a lawyer lawyer. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I hope that it, this is just a, the designer's perspective that's been able to talk out about this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which, no, it's still, this is a great insight for people like us who didn't know the full extent what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure, and you know, I, I'd mentioned this when we were streaming on Friday night and a lot of our guys didn't know about it either. Just because... Again, we're getting older. We don't have our pulse on that community. We've got our pulse on a lot of things. Right. I think, I think a lot of your casual people probably wouldn't know because um, your casual guys, like I said, like me, I'm going to go buy a box set. I'm going to get a few things, and they're not fully vested into to third-party stuff yet. Right? And so we're not going to see this. We're not. It's not something that we're, we actively have our ear to the ground listening for, and so we're not going to realize the impact that this actually could have on something that we do enjoy. Yeah. I think that's what's important is that this stuff doesn't just fly under the radar because it could very easily just fly under the radar. And a lot of people wouldn't notice it and wouldn't realize the negative implications until a couple of years down the road. I'm like, Oh, well, why, why is this happening now? Why, mm-hmm. why can't I, you know, when they get to the point where like, okay, I want to get a little bit more into it. I remember hearing my friends talk about all these cool things that they, went out and they found and they added on and these cool creators are making awesome stuff for it. And now it's not there. Why can't I find it? What happened? And there's, there's, it seems like they were kind of hoping for a little bit of that lag, you know, that, um, because that's going to be, I'm just making a huge assumption here. And that's a lot of their money. Their huge uptick in revenue recently are from new players, um, casuals, you know, kind of getting into and finding things out and, and uh, dipping their toe off into it. And then by the time it really gets into effect is when we go from curious nerd status to super nerd status. Yeah. And we realize like, oh, now, now where is all this stuff? Right. Well, and I know that this is a, this is a, this is a niche of a niche. I right. have always told people, I was like worried about my YouTube growth because I was like, guys, I cover a niche hobby of a niche hobby, you know? And so like, even the biggest YouTube, like the biggest D&D YouTubers are like 500,000 subs. You know, th- that's huge. That's like maybe two or three mainly D&D YouTube kind of people. Um, so like somebody, it's hard to say, right? Like if that's our upper threshold, then like if I'm going to be even more niche with that, right? Where I am, uh, I'm like, 10,000 people over here or whatever that are watching my content where like whatever um it just feels really cool to see that everybody understands how bad people got screwed over with this and uh that we were able to that we were able to tell the story of how bad this was in a way that people were able to sympathize without knowing the complexities of this license uh right. You know, and seeing guys like Legal Eagle cover this or Moist Critical, Asmongold, these huge streamers and whatever that we were like, it is so weird to me to think that this all started 
like because I sat here on a hundred dollar mic and a hundred dollar webcam and voice concerned for my buddies my 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 friends and like all those yeah um anyways um yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a great insight i mean it's this is more than we know and i think i speak for kyle um when i say we appreciate it yeah yeah i mean <clears throat> I think this breakdown, because we have, um, like a lot of our listeners, you know, do enjoy these things, right? Mm -hmm. They they do enjoy table, and we're we're really possibly impacted by the the virtual side of it because that's that's how we play. Like I live in a town of five thousand people, okay? Like I cannot get a game together to it save my life. Stoplight, <sighs> like one stoplight, one stoplight. So I can't yeah. get a game together to save my life, but I'm able to play. And like, we didn't even really talk about like how this could affect like roll 20, you know, and that's what we use whenever we actually finally get sort of a, a group together. It's either that or me trying to DM for my teenage daughter and her friends, which we're not even down that road right now at all. <laughs> but, um, I yeah. use the power of the moon. I've DM'd more than I've played. Like I can't get because nobody wants to play, and when they do, and so yeah. the the digital aspect of it is is you know potentially huge. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think we can touch that. No. Okay, there's one thing that I just I just it's been rolling through my head a little bit, and I want to just hear your thoughts on this. And I'm not trying to be yeah, apologetic to, to to one side yeah. or the other, but we we're talking about like concessions and what they could do to maybe make this better. And we talked about you know, the online storefront a lot. Yeah. Um, and so one of the big things that I'm pulling out of this is, you know, yeah, you can make your own content. Like we're going back to the original license right now, right? Not the new okay. mess up that's going on. Yeah, 1.0. Okay, so we're going back to 1.0. That Yeah, you can do your own thing. Don't touch the original content. No subclasses. I know you brought that up with the Artificer class. Yeah, that, uh, yeah don't touch the IP, the, the uh, yeah, what they call product identity. Yeah. Right. And so that... My understanding that kind of that bars you from like subclasses, right? No, 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 no. You can totally make subclasses. Okay, um, I thought that was okay. So that was just for the particular class, or yeah, yeah. So there are certain things that like um, there are certain things in the SRD that you can include, right? But like, if I wanted to make a cleric subclass, I could absolutely do that. Okay. If I wanted to make like a a, a paladin subclass, sure. If I wanted to make a background, a class, whatever, sure. It's all about whether or not what I am making uses content that is in the SRD or not. And the SRD also – oh, by the way, another way wizards could also uh, – what they need to do with this. They need to also include any um, any content that they have made so far needs to be automatically included into the SRD. Uh, they uh, Long story short, they've also put out some other expansions, books like – Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything and Xanthar's Guide to Everything. Mm -hmm. These two books are not in the SRD, and they include quite a bit of uh, what I what I call like gap space in the game, where like we don't have a whole lot of elemental spells because I I don't know creative energy was low whatever, so they introduce a lot of like elemental spells in Xanthar's Guide to Everything that we can't use because nice. it's not covered by the SRD. So, like, that shit needs to be in this new SRD 5.2. You know, stuff that we're like, dude, this is in the game, but Watsi's like, you need to call it something else to put it into your stuff. It's like, get mm -hmm. fucked. Get and, so and to clarify, this is 
for profit. Like I want to make, I can make whatever the hell I want to make in for here at the table at home. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, totally. We're just, yeah. you know, this is just I this said is, that way earlier now that we're like an hour into as it. long as you're not <laughs> yeah. trying to put it out for profit like right 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 yeah, yeah. that's that's all coming <laughs> under what's no reason called the, yeah. yeah that's the fan content policy i'm yeah. i'm worried about guys like cobalt press and uh ghostfire gaming i mean these are guys that are like mcdm right these are guys that are building a company that adds stuff into the game that like they think of D more as and this is what it really is okay D&D is less of a game and it's more of a game engine. Mm. So D&D is less the it's it's less that you're playing Skyrim and Skyrim is D&D. It's more like you're playing Unity, the engine that is running the game, right? Mm. So because of that, people are modding stuff into the game or they're com they're coming up with their own ways to be engaging with this game engine. I've seen people write life simulator hacks for D&D &D, where you're a farmer just playing like using D&D &D mechanics to like raise up a farm and do crap. Mm -hmm. It's like building houses, crafting systems, subsystems, whatever. <clears throat> Whenever I say that people have taken this game and done more than Wizards of the Coast could ever fucking hope to, I'm telling you, I've seen some beautiful creations come out of this community. And the Sea Wizards of the Coast go, we are so deprived of ideas and creative energy that we're going to start swiping stuff from people. From this, the small guy, from the everyday this man. This company, man, I'm telling you. Like, they're, they're, they can't be an industry leader anymore. <clears throat> and this is also, by the way, Wizards of the Coast, or I don't know, whoever's listening out there, um, I've seen a lot of Magic the Gathering posts, like in those communities, where <clears throat> they're pissed about this yeah, too. Yeah, I have too. Like I was actually gonna bring that one up. Yeah, there it's it's far reaching because they're seeing it, they're 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 seeing Wizards of the Coast before where it was seen as more of like the oh this is our company we're brand loyal we play this we play this now it's like oh they're actually a big corporation uh huh they're a for profit oh they don't give a shit about me. What? This is also a company that put all its eggs into two baskets. They have D&D &D and they <clears> have Magic <throat> the Gathering. And for all the bad will that they had with Magic the Gathering with the 30th anniversary thing and the $1,000 booster pack. Jesus yeah, Christ, yes. For all of that, and then now we look at D&D &D and they're like, oh no, we're swiping money away from third-party guys? You, you're really... Yeah. Uh, Watsy, what... These execs need to, they need a complete shareholders that are out there. You are reading, you may not be seeing stuff on YouTube, but I've seen some of my colleagues interviewed in The Guardian. I, I have heard about people that I, I talk with in just Discord servers getting calls from Rolling Fucking Stone. This is a huge goddamn story in gaming, and this is going to, because what people are hearing is that game that they play in Stranger Things, there's a big controversy going on around that right now. And then they start finding out who are the big people online that are talking about this. Oh, Ginny D? D&D shorts? Oh, oh, okay. And then they're getting right? This is nuts. And, and that's what it is. It's we... It's, it's a big thing. It really is because now you're fucking with people's livelihoods. Yeah. And it's not just <clears throat> okay, you're fucking with my with my hobby, but now it's actually with livelihood now too. So it's 
I mean, it's disgusting. Is yeah. what it is. That's the best way to put it. it so. Will Will from D and D Shorts was talking about talking with somebody that was helping him out with a third party thing mm-hmm. that was like crying because he was like, "How am I supposed to feed my kids?" This was something that was my dream job that I turned into a company that I am so proud of that Wizards of the Coast is now trying to take away from me. I it's this is Wizards of the Coast is basically trying to destroy several what we're going to call mom and pop shops. If if you see like that little gas station or whatever on the corner and then that Walmart moves in right next door, this is what's going on in the D&D scene, but they are this is they're putting a Walmart on every goddamn block. So, yeah, it's it's rough. It is. But so, it's getting better. That's the good thing. What you and it's just amazing to see the fan base just band together. Mm-hmm. So so quickly too. Well, yeah. um, Taryn is well, we're wrapping up here. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with? Just tips of wisdom, just anything you want to say. It can be literally any, it didn't even have to be about this shit. <laughs> if you want to talk about like change your underwear, use chassis. We don't. Oh, I shit. mean, I would hope that they were already doing that. <laughs> I, it's our listeners. I don't yeah, know. You know, you know. Oh. Chof. I don't know. Chassis also won't email us back. Yeah, we're trying to get sponsored by Chassis, and they won't. Mm-mm. That's cool. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I I know right now a lot of people that are in this as D and D fans may feel that it's very doom and gloom that we're seeing this whole entire edition burn down around us and everything. I promise you guys there is a better tomorrow. I am I I as somebody that is so ingrained in all of this, it may seem like I'm the guy that like since I'm raising the torch or whatever that like um I I'm I want to burn Watsy down. I didn't want to burn down D. They forced our hand. They 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 made it to where it was like, we want to continue making content, and Watsy was like, no. And then we were like, okay, so then we're gonna go do something else. And Watsy was like, oh wait, come back to me, baby. Here, let me let me give me give me a big old smooch. We're not we're we in that three or four. Sorry, in a week that they were radio silent on us, we established a new license. We started building new games. We realized all the influences out here were like, there's way cooler stuff out. Watsy, we needed one week away from you, and we already found someone better. You know, so like I that's what happens when you dump us. Yeah, I promise you guys that are out there playing D and D right now. Go to game shops. I'm going to be working with. Uh, I, I need to hit them up again. We used to do this thing called tabletop uh, or role role play night, whatever TTRPG uh, nights, mm-hmm. where OK gamers would come out to like a very like they came out to shuffles the night that I helped out with it, um, and we were just running TTRPGs. And I'm like, we need more of that. I was running five E for uh, OK gamers that night. I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. We w- give me another one. I'm going to run Morkborg. Give me another one. I'm gonna run Blades in the Dark. I'm gonna run Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, we we. If you really like this hobby, the best thing that could happen to it was this right here, because more beautiful stuff is gonna come out of it. I promise you guys. This is. I'm optimistic. So, Kyle, anything you want to say? No, I mean it's it's been very interesting getting. First, thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Seriously, like, especially seriously. last minute. Yeah, yeah. I know it was quick. <laughs> it was short notice. I was talking with, like, what was it, like, Thursday? 
uh-huh. and like I was kind of getting brought all up to speed on everything. I'm like, I think we got something we can talk about on on the next show, <laughs> and uh, and so like, you know, I've I've done my reading. I've read through articles and stuff, and every article is repeating the same thing over and over and again for the most part. Yeah. And so being they able keep to forgetting go... to cite me though for some weird reason. <laughs> oh, we're I, citing you right now. Oh yeah. no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I guarantee it's mostly because. Well, and to be fair, the skepticism is totally fair. Um, I, I put up my rep where I was like, I'm getting this information out there. Um, you guys can trust me. What the hell ever. I'm giving you guys a heads up, you know. Um, and uh, so me not really dropping a big physical like document or whatever. Um, I think made a lot of people skeptical, you know, and that's fine. That's fine. You know, whatever. Um, it's, it's like, um, how do you put it? Um, I, I'm just glad to see the end result of everything. Um, I understand the skepticism to anybody that's in the industry that was like, you know, whatever, they still feel a little bit like persnickety or whatever with me. Hey, we're good. We're good. I get it. I get why things were tense. All right. Like we're good. Um, but now that this is here, it's time to do new stuff. We're 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 gonna be doing cool new work. And I'm I'm stoked to see what games come out of all this. Oh seriously, dude, thank you for doing this and Absolutely. catching us up. We really appreciate it. Totally. Thanks um, for having me on. So, yeah, you guys, if you have any questions, we will post a link to Taryn's uh, YouTube server down there and his Discord also. Um, If you want to be part of his community, I just joined his community, Um, (laughs) his Discord. Uh, But, yeah, you guys go. It doesn't. What is it you say, Kyle? It doesn't cost you a thing. It doesn't cost a thing. Follows are free. So Follows are free and just go just go watch Taron. He's he's a great content creator. <laughs> um smart, almost as handsome as me. Mm. And you know you, you keep harping on that. That's the that's I'm trying the to convince myself here. Yeah, yeah. Get off me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so with sharp. that, yeah, thanks, dude. <laughs> with the bar that, could be a lot higher, but it, well, the bar is not that high to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, this has been Every Man's Guide to Nerdum. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And uh, wherever you guys are, please have a great evening, morning, nighttime, whatever time it is, wherever you are. And please be good to each other. Nerd Stay fresh, cheese bags. See ya! It could get elevated. Nerd Corazza. It could get elevated. Nerdcore used to be just a made-up word. MCs shied away.